Hello and welcome. I'm Alice Judge Talbot, author of The Backup Plan, a book that celebrates how to make the best out of Plan B. There are moments in all our lives where we have no choice but to rethink what our future may look like. It's in losing sight of this path that can lead us to discover new versions of success. To celebrate the fact we all have a backup plan, I'll be hearing from guests who have discovered magic in unconventional circumstances and found their own version of success and happiness. Welcome to the backup plan. Before we hear from our main guest, I'm delighted to share a brilliant conversation I had with one of the many incredible sellers from Etsy, the sponsors of this podcast. We'll learn how Etsy has supported their sellers' own backup plans so they can grow their businesses, build their teams and follow their passions. Launched in 2014, Sincerely Louise has grown from a one-girl band to a team that now fills orders out of a Sheffield studio. Selling a series of fun, quirky and creative knitting kits, Louise and the team are passionate about broadening creativity and inspiring people to craft something of their own. When did this plan B of starting a knitting company become your plan A and how did Etsy support you in that dream? My plan A, which could have been to be a photographer's assistant and work long hours Mm. in London for a photographer, I just had no passion to do it. Etsy supported me really well because after I launched my first set of kits on the website, Mm -hmm. uh, they featured me on the homepage. Oh, amazing. And that Christmas, I was just taking suitcases of orders to the post office every day because I've had that little push from Etsy. I'm part of the Sheffield Etsy group and it's such a good community to be in. What would you say to anyone thinking about starting their own business selling on Etsy? I definitely recommend it. It's a great platform to be on. Mm-hmm. It gives you like the freedom to list as many things as you want mm-hmm. or not. You can start off with a few things and mm-hmm. grow them. I'm still growing my shop every day. Well, there's like a real creative energy around it. You can yeah. find someone that might help you do a logo or something like yeah. that. Louise, thank you so much for coming to see us today. It's been such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Madeline Shaw is a qualified nutritional health coach, a chef, blogger and trained yoga instructor. Committed to helping her clients awaken the healthiest and happiest versions of themselves, Madeline is all about ditching the junk and eating foods that make you glow. Madeline believes in keeping things simple and delicious and pairing good food with physical activity and meditation to stay in optimum health. Madeline, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such a pleasure to speak to you. So I want to kind of talk about your journey, but also talk about how we can be well and be happy. So first off, growing up, what was your plan A? So my plan A was to find a job that I loved because I grew up in a household where my parents loved work. Mm. On Sunday, they couldn't wait to start Monday. You know, it wasn't ever about, you know, hating work or just doing something for the money or whatever. So plan A was to find a job that I loved. But along Mm. the way, I probably tried most things. Mm -hmm. So I was very good at maths at school. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I should probably do something in that. And I did those tests where and they told me I should be an investment banker so I tried investment (laughs) banking and decided it wasn't for me and then I did internships and events Mm -hmm. um when I was at uni I did lots of different jobs from dog walking to I worked for an interior designer for a year fashion Mm -hmm. and I was always like trying to figure out what I was wanting to do in life and it wasn't until I found like food and nutrition Mm -hmm. which is what I ended up doing and working in Mm -hmm. at the end of my university and then I was like this is what I'm going to do so that and it's sort of I don't know through trying lots of different things I figured out what I wanted Mm -hmm. to do. I'm really interested that you tried investment banking because you come across as such a calm and kind and lovely presence and I always think it's a bit of a doggy dog world 
in finance. Did you find that? Well, I intend at a family friend's firm that was a small firm. So mm-hmm. it probably was a little bit less like that. Mm-hmm. However, I definitely was the odd one out there. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're good at something at school, you automatically think that you should go into something around that. And I think I was like, oh, it'd be good to make some money. And people who work in banking normally make a lot of money. So let's just go for that. And and then I realised that actually it wasn't really my passion. Yeah, I think we're so drilled into at school that we have to do kind of like inverted quotes, the good jobs, like the lawyer or Mm. the accountant or the finance person. And I really hope that as the world is growing, that schools are teaching kids how important it is to have creativity. And like you said, I think that's such an important lesson from your parents that you really, you're allowed to love your work rather than just go to work for the sake of earning money. Yeah, no, I feel very grateful of my parents. They've taught me lots of good things and that mm-hmm. was definitely one of them. I was never very good at anything at school. Only maths came to me very later. Mm-hmm. And this is the last few years of life. And I would come home and I'd say to mom, you know, I'm not, I'm not in the top you know team in anything or mm-hmm. in school and I was always bottom of the class and everything and she was like but you're very good at smiling <laughs> and you know smiling will make people like you and then that will help you in life and I was like okay <laughs> I'm gonna keep on smiling and you know not that my job is to smile but it definitely helps in what I do now so I tell you what, if I yeah. could be good at either school or smiling I would pick smiling every time but that's such a lovely lesson I think to be taught that you don't have to be academic you yes. just have to be a good person yeah no I think that I am very lucky to have had that from my parents but I think going to a private girls school mm. you're definitely not taught that there you're very much like you're the best or you're not yeah and that's it so I think hopefully through that balance I've come out all right talking more about when you were younger you've talked about um, and discussed quite often that you grew up on quite a bad diet yeah. of junk food and coke and that kind of thing and that it wasn't very good for your physical health when did you come to the decision that you had to make changes for the sake of your health so yeah I probably said I didn't have a very good relationship with food mm-hmm. growing up I think it was all very much for me a control thing mm. so I had a you know a difficult teenagehood one of my best friends died mm. and then my parents divorced around the same time so it was mm-hmm. just quite a sort of difficult time where like everything Thing felt out of control and I mm. decided to use food to control it mm-hmm. and I think at the time it was where Kate Moss was revered and it was about being very skinny and mm-hmm. low calorie and like so I just kind of went down that like I probably just ate like special K diet coke mm. rice cakes mm. you know and then sweets and a lot of alcohol and it was just not very like I never felt good I never had very good energy I think my head was always a bit foggy because I was obviously not feeding it with the right like fats and nutrients that it needed. And then it was pretty much when I moved to Australia. So I went to university um, in Australia from 18 to 22. So my parents are Kiwis. So I have a New Zealand passport, which allows me to do this. But I think my family were a bit upset that I went to Australia, not New Zealand, because there's a bit of a rivalry (laughs) there. Um, So they weren't upset about you moving halfway across the world. I mean, they were. (laughs) (laughs) The rivalry runs deep. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 
but I just fell in love with Australia like for me it's my spiritual home and like I still think about it and would maybe like to live there at some point again so I I went to university there didn't know anyone but it just all worked out for me Mm -hmm. and I just love the way they viewed health there it wasn't Mm -hmm. about dieting like I just felt like in the UK it was like you were either on a diet or you were indulging there was Mm -hmm. no in between and there people still drunk and they still ate chocolate but every day they were looking after themselves feeding themselves well exercising daily and it was just part of their lifestyle yeah and I just fell in love with that and I had really bad IBS at the time Mm. and I think just because I was eating rubbish and not really looking after myself and I went to see a naturopath and she kind of changed my diet and I ended up uh, eating in this cafe so much they gave me a job and that's how I got into (laughs) cooking. (laughs) So what was your journey at the cafe? How did that kind of cooking come about? Had you ever cooked before or was it kind of being dropped in at the deep end? Very much dropped in the deep end. I think I was just really passionate and I was like, I would love to work here. And they were like, okay. (laughs) It was generally like that. And You're there every day anyway. You may as well well clean and do some things around the house. It was a gym attached to a cafe and it was all about seasonal produce. So Mm -hmm. they would bring in whatever was in season. You had to cook something with it. And we were were making everything from scratch. So we were making our own kefir, which is like a fermented yogurt. So we were using the culture and getting in the milk. And then we were making like raw cheesecakes and we were making like slow cooked roasts and different salads and Mm -hmm. raw energy balls. And this is when raw energy balls were not something you could buy in Sainsbury's. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite revolutionary. And there was a real like community and everyone knew each other and I just yeah I loved it I think that's one big unifier between people it's kind of a food movement that's good for you and interesting and exciting with the kind of food that you do do you think there is a a big community and a big kind of movement around it still it's so different when I first started my blog to like Mm. now almost seven years later the landscape's changed the amount of people out there doing the same sort of thing Mm -hmm. has changed however I still think that food is something that we constantly need inspiration for Mm. we constantly need to eat every day so we need to be doing it and cooking so I think the way we eat has evolved and changed so much Mm -hmm. and we're so much more inspired from cultures all around the world Mm. we're maybe trying to be more practical with our kind of busy lives so trying to make it more efficient and just understanding the importance of cooking and trying different things and and variety in your diet and not Mm -hmm. eating the same thing every day because I think we can get into those sorts of ruts yeah absolutely I think diet and what you eat is very emotional and I think absolutely you know a lot of people take it like religion so Mm -hmm. if you're eating clean or if you're eating vegan it's you and it's your life and actually no it's it's much more flexible and yeah Mm. like veganism might work for you for a while but you might fall pregnant or you might feel ill and it might not work for you and I think you have to be more adaptable so I feel like we need to move to this place where like there are no labels Mm. there is no diet culture and we just eat what we intuitively feel and I feel like there is a movement towards intuitive eating which is really Mm. exciting and we've lost that so much because we're bombarded with information of like eat this don't eat that and I think it just needs to be a fact of try and eat you know five plus portions of fruit or veg a day other than that keep it balanced mm-hmm. keep it interesting keep enjoying it as well because mm-hmm. food needs to be enjoyment and I think sometimes obsessiveness or diet culture can make it restrictive mm-hmm. and not not exciting and not enjoyable and I just mm-hmm. don't think that's worth it food is such a big part of our lives and it's really interesting how you said it's quite emotional because mm-hmm. 
I know that if I ever have a bad day, I always eat a jacket potato and beans and cheese. <laughs> like that is my number one like favourite. I love it. I love it. It's just the best meal. I've eaten in some really nice places, but I would have a jacket <laughs> potato over any of those places. Yeah. What do you eat when you feel emotional? What's your salve? Ooh, yeah, I don't have a kind of jacket potato go-to, sadly. I feel like I need to get that meal going, though. It's always good to have a quick fix. And it's always there. (laughs) It's always ready in the cupboard. What do I do when I'm... I I think I probably just pick. Mm. I'm probably more of someone that just, like, stands in the cupboard and I'm like... I'll eat a date and then I'll eat some nuts and then Mm -hmm. I'll eat some crackers and like I need to figure out what that meal is and that's probably a better way to do it but yeah I think when I'm feeling a bit like stressed I definitely am a bit of a like picker and a grazer Mm -hmm. but it never in a similar way to you it doesn't necessarily make me feel good I think what I should be doing (laughs) and what would make me better is like long walk fresh air come home and then cook a meal rather than 10 different things yeah. that are like all kind of intimate. It's so much easier to pick than go for a walk. It really is. It is. <laughs> Damn it. As a lover of all things unique and special, Etsy is my shopping playground. It's the marketplace I turn to for cards, interiors, clothes and jewellery and I'm so happy to be a small business supporting other small businesses. Thanks Etsy for supporting this podcast. One thing I love about what you do is that you're kind of holistic with it and it's all about your mind and the way that you feel throughout your body rather than just what you eat. So how would you describe that philosophy that you promote? I probably put it into like three pillars. Three pillars for health is move much, meditate. Mm -hmm. So we've already talked about munch, so sort of Mm -hmm. from a nutrition form, but movement as well. And I think, again, with exercise, it's Mm -hmm. not about necessarily following one thing. You know, you don't have to do five hit classes a week. It might be that a run one day feels good, yoga another day. But I think just movement in your day is really important because we often have quite sedentary jobs. Mm -hmm. It's important to move. It's important to be outside in the sunshine as well getting fresh air getting that vitamin d in from the sun mm-hmm. and then yeah meditation and mindset is yeah. probably maybe the better way to describe it but I think that's like almost the most important mm-hmm. above them both because it's the motivational factor for putting the exercise mm-hmm. in your diary it's the planning of your shopping list for your food and mm-hmm. stuff and I think if you're not feeling good within yourself it doesn't matter if you're eating well or exercising well. If you're not feeling good about yourself, then mm-hmm. what, what's the point? So yeah. the mindset of your relationship with yourself, which I think is really important, and your inner dialogue, I think, is one of the mm-hmm. most important things. I think the things that we tell ourselves are, like, way worse than we would ever say to our worst enemies. So Absolutely. I think rewriting that conversation, knowing you're in charge of your thoughts is one of the most empowering mm-hmm. things that you can know. And I think... We always think that like what we think is real, but actually it's just it's just a thought and it can mm-hmm. be changed. And I think we have to, in a similar way to we have to work on our nutrition and we have to work on our movement, we also have to work on our mind. We kind of just think, oh, we'll be fine and we don't need it. But whether that's meditation or still life drawing or rock climbing or whatever it is to kind of get you out of your head, make mm. you feel very present in the moment, make you feel calm, give you that you time, I think is a really important tool to figure out what it is for you. Um, I love that you say that meditation doesn't have to mean kind of sitting and going, mm, because yeah. I find that really scary. <laughs> and I can much more easily kind of sit and read a book for half an hour yeah. or go for a walk. And I think that's quite 
true of lots of people that the thought of just sitting in silence for an hour not really knowing how to do this or what to do is quite it's quite scary yeah well I think it's probably the achiever in you Mm -hmm. so the thing about meditation is it's not about being good and Mm -hmm. that's really hard for people because you can be good at walking you can be good at rock climbing you can be good at drawing you can't be good at meditation yeah you either do it or you don't do it and that's it you know and you have thoughts in meditation I think a lot of people think when you meditate you're just like completely free but meditation there's so many different types but Mm -hmm. I use I do transcendental meditation Mm -hmm. which is you just say a mantra over and over Mm -hmm. it could be like that one word or something that you say in your head and you just say that for 20 minutes and you'll be thinking you'll be like what am I gonna have for breakfast or you'll be thinking about different things and then you come back to your mantra and then you think and then you come back to your mantra and that's it and it sounds ridiculous (laughs) but it's amazing and it's so restful Uh, I love it you know, and I totally get that for some people it might not be right, but for me, it's but this, this heard, really. Anyone yeah. can do it, and it really benefits. And it, it. it benefits everyone, and it's really something we should all try. How would you recommend that people can try and do? How do we do? Med- is there an app for meditation? Yeah, there's loads. So I would say the first thing is that you need to get tell yourself it's not being good at meditation you will constantly have thoughts during a meditation and you don't suddenly get good at meditation by doing it once it takes time 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 to get better or find it easier Mm -hmm. or whatever whatever you want to describe it as if you want to step it up a level (laughs) and you're like I love meditation I want to it's not working for me this mindfulness thing it's irritating me then I do think transcendental meditation the mantra one Mm -hmm. is fantastic because you don't need your phone Mm-hmm. you can do it wherever you are you can do it on a park bench you know in your bedroom mm-hmm. whatever you want I don't know I just think it, it gets you to a deeper state of relaxation mm-hmm. than the others do do you think that your experience in Australia because I know Australia is such an outdoorsy and yeah. kind of like you said the healthy living place do you think that's had a big influence on the way that you now live your life and the way that you run your business a hundred percent I think it has changed me more than anything ever in my life Mm -hmm. my experience and time there yeah it's definitely sort of been the big inspiration of my job of my outlook on life yeah my attitude to my body to my nutrition to Mm -hmm. my headspace it's definitely a place that like I'll always remember and Mm -hmm. like I said I would love to go back again Mm -hmm. maybe in time How has having your son influenced your philosophy about food and wellness? I don't think it's changed too much. I'm probably just slightly more practical (laughs) and fast-paced. I would say probably the biggest thing that I've realised that sometimes wellness and the space that I have been in is quite difficult when you become a mother because Mm -hmm. you don't have that same time to like wake up in the morning and like do yoga and then do meditation and then make your breakfast and all these sorts of things because you're like getting your kids to school or you're getting Mm -hmm. them dressed or whatever so I probably feel like it's changed in doing everything in a shorter period of time more compact but then it's made me realize how important it is because I feel like if I'm not looking after myself I'm less patient Mm -hmm. I have less energy all these sorts of things I feel like patience is something you have to learn quite fast as a mother I will, Um, yes, agree with that, 100%. (laughs) And I think I know if I'm not exercising, eating well, or meditating, or whatever my my toolkit is, which is personal to me, if I'm not doing those things, I'm, like, way more snappy, Mm. not, not as engaged, not as interested, not as present. So 
I find that once, you know, I know those things I want to do, I have to be consistent with them and figure out, do I wake up earlier or do it do it his lunchtime nap what are those things I need to do to nourish me and I Mm -hmm. nourish them when he's sleeping Mm -hmm. and then I can kind of give it my all when I'm there so I think it's it's really kind of grounding in on those things and then trying to fit them in in Mm -hmm. the day I think that's so important when you become a mum to really when they sleep or when you have that time in the evening just to do one thing that serves you and that kind of grounds you and when you become a mum I think you just kind of lose a lot of your sense of self so I think it's so important to just pat yourself on the back and paint your nails or have a bath or read for five minutes or or something just to make yourself remember who you are it's (laughs) really hard it is and yeah like I think you want to give and give Mm. and it's just kind of human nature isn't it it's just ingrained in you once you have a child to be giving but you just have to be on the receiving end as well because otherwise you get burnt out resentful Mm -hmm. all these sorts of things and it's just because you haven't kind of turned it around Mm, yeah absolutely this is really easy for me to say as only having one child I'm sure it's much harder (laughs) once you got two (laughs) I don't know I found when I went from one to two the second one just kind of slots in they manage (laughs) they manage (laughs) you've talked before about how you don't feel the wellness industry serves mums that well Mm -hmm. if you could give mums one piece of advice and I'm going to base this around tiredness because I think that when you become a mum the biggest issue is that we don't sleep anymore and I mean even my son's seven he's my youngest he got into bed with me like it was like musical beds last night yeah and I'm lying there thinking I thought this wasn't supposed to happen anymore (laughs) um so what advice would you give around wellness and tiredness if if new mums could do one thing to help themselves through this process what would you say we should do so I would say it's to have like a really good bedtime routine Mm -hmm. I think we treat ourselves a lot like robots so we'll be like working till 10 p.m watching Netflix till midnight and then we just get into bed and we think bam we're Mm -hmm. gonna like fall asleep but is so stimulating for us so in the way that we bathe our babies we need to do that to ourselves and to give yourself a good hour Mm -hmm. of no electronics because the blue light in your tv in your phone in your laptop really disrupts your sense that stops melatonin being produced which is a hormone that helps you sleep so to have that space and then just do anything that kind of gets you ready for the next day that makes the morning that bit easier clothes laid out Mm -hmm. kids lunch boxes ready or whatever it is it's going to make your life a little bit better Mm -hmm. you know just winding down taking off your makeup doing your skincare regime reading stretching I don't know whatever you like doing in the evening but I think it's so important to really be strict with yourself Mm -hmm. and say nine o'clock or 8 30 or whatever is that time I'm I'm not working anymore I'm not watching any more television I'm Mm -hmm. not gonna do more laundry or whatever else you're doing and to give that time to you and it Mm -hmm. just means that you'll fall asleep faster yeah within your room make sure your room's really dark Mm -hmm. no light blackout blinds cool as well as really important heat can be Mm -hmm. quite destructive make us wake in the night you can spray a nice spritz or just make Mm -hmm. it really lovely and you can apply these again to your kids if they're not as good Mm -hmm. at sleeping but I think that makes a big difference just get into bed an hour earlier like mm-hmm. you just feel so much better don't you when you wake up in the morning if your kids get up at 5 6 a.m mm-hmm. you're kind of much more ready for it so I think we don't prioritize our sleep enough we have to 
be more disciplined I Mm -hmm. think with sleep and really make sure that we're going to bed early I guess in the same way that you were talking about food sleep is something else that we do every day it's like food is something we just take for granted because it's something we have to do every day and sleep is the same we just expect it to happen to us every day exactly and I think we're just we're all very stressed and we're living fast-paced lives and blah 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 blah. but one of the biggest things that we can do is to sleep well and and get that quality like Mm -hmm. deep sleep right now everything we're doing will affect how good our night sleep is Mm. and you know again with food trying to eat a little bit earlier not too late Mm -hmm. all these sorts of things all really help for a good night's sleep you'll be a better mum. you'll be better at your job you'll exercise more efficiently you'll probably be more kind of focused on your food choices Mm -hmm. the next day you know when you have a bad night's sleep you literally eat all the sugar (laughs) in the world that there was ever made that day so you know like it will just have that spiral effect so um I have to ask you a question that I've been asking all the interviewees so if time and money and training and location were absolutely no object Mm -hmm. what would you be doing right now in your life I would be living in Sydney with my family doing exactly what I'm doing. But all my family, my mum, my dad, my friends, we'd all be there together, just mm-hmm. living in Sydney together. So I would do everything that I'm doing right now, but just on the other side of the world. Well, I think you're the first person actually to say, I would have my family with me, I'd have my family come with me. That's really nice. Uh, yeah, I would love them. No, that's like the one, biggest factor is like mm. not having family around. Yeah. Madeline, I feel like we've got some kind of exclusive from that advice. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank it's you. been such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. Pleasure. So if you're feeling inspired to make the most of your backup plan, great. This is just the start. We'd love to know your thoughts about the backup plan. So please leave us a review and a rating. And for all your weekly updates, hit the subscribe button. Before I go, I want to say a final shout out to the amazing team over at Etsy. Head to Etsy.com to buy directly from someone who put their heart and soul into making something special. Until next time.